Sharper than Robin's weapons, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Henry Gover, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. This is where we talk about the new events in the world of comic books and uh, the movies based on them, as well as our signature segment, the Superhero Spotlight where we talk about the history of one special character, and we've got mm-hmm. another one this week. But before I get into all that, I have with me Chris Antista. That's my sound, but fine. I'm always Spider-Man driver. And also I, Brett Elston. That's, that, that's, Come been, on. that's been me for you. You give him my sound? I'm I, just really distracted by your chest. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it up or Chris, right is, uh, Chris is comically not wearing a shirt right now. Oh, oh man. man. Wow. wow. It's a, it's a lot of Chris. There is no decorum in this work environment. <laughs> no, if I can really, be sitting here, and do this. <laughs> we, we've we've dropped it all at this point. But no, we did the. Uh, well, we did it. You can see Chris's chest there for yourself if you watch our Beavis and Butthead stream for 420. You're I've never yeah. been so uh, like sober, but assured I was high. Yeah, while trying that, to figure out how to play that game. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, I thought I, I haven't slept a lot. It's been a really weird week in two weeks. <laughs> but uh, that and playing that game, and then I, you said, we're going to talk about the Winter Soldier later. And I remembered his new comic books. Those comics will make you feel very, very high. Mm. Their art style is insane. Uh, mm. It all takes place in space. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a... Kid from the 40s shooting aliens in space. Right? We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get to that. But uh, anyway, yeah, we've also got some news. We've got your questions for me and your answers to my question for you. More entertaining than like it sounds. It's, it's a good time. That's all in the second segment. But first, why don't we get into it, guys? The Superhero Spotlight. Collect your hero. This week's is one... Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the Green Rabbit who <laughs> fights in space. No, you're thinking of Bucky yeah. O'Hare. Chris. Oh. A great Konami game. So, would you guys believe that uh, Bucky has been around as long as Captain yeah, America? I think as as a result of who Bucky is and where he was introduced, doesn't isn't he like or Minnie uh, to his Mickey? Yeah, Minnie to his Mickey is mm-hmm. always has been around at the same time. Same with like how Lois Lane is as old as Superman. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about that, even though she appeared in the same first issue. I will in an upcoming Laser Time. But the yeah, that's probably why I have that fact in my head. He first appeared, along with Cap, in Captain America number 1, March 1941. Mm. The classic punching Hitler, finally taking it to Hitler. That's the first issue of Captain America. That is is his first ever appearance? I know it as the slipcover to my... Timeless Blu-ray of Captain America, First Avenger. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot how great that was. They actually got that in the movie. But So yeah, in the original, in, in, in his original incarnation in the 1941 comic, it was your classic cliched Golden Age thing of Captain America is... They just have to speed it up so much. Captain America is changing in his into his costume in you know the bunkers or whatever. And then in walks in this goofy kid who's like... Oh, hey, Steve, you're Captain America? Well, I guess I have no choice but to make you my sidekick. Let's go, Bucky. And Never yeah. tell any other adult our secret. <laughs> and then Bucky then just helps him fight Nazis for five years. Like, it's crazy that it just goes that fast into it. But I think it was because... Uh, that his creators, who also created Cap, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, one of the few times you will mention a major Marvel character and not say Stanley is a creator. 
Though he quickly, he wrote a Captain America story in issue two, so Stanley was so close, just missed it. And in 41? In 41, well, Jesus. well, because he was related to the bosses, so they're just like, hey, we got this 19-year-old kid who says he wants to write stories. Yeah. Fine, give him $10, see what he can do. Uh, but yeah, that he was, I think he was just shoehorned in because it was back then. Everybody had sidekicks. Batman, or at least most of the DC Cap characters. Cap is launching after, Bat- after Batman yeah, he's and like, after Robin's introduction. Yeah, he's like, his Batman first introduced, and then it was within a year he got, or uh, it was, yeah, with Batman, it was within a year he gets Robin. Yeah. Just to give kids an entry point into the character. Not a huge amount of time, you think about it, 39 to 41 yeah, they, you know, I always think back to... I know to, this because of next week's laser time. I, you know, I know, I always think back with sidekicks to the Cavalier and Clay book uh, by Michael Chabon, which he talks about how, like, it ends up looking gay, and then it's like <laughs> a setup to have an, an older man always hanging out with a strapping young lad, but the, the creators at the time were probably more so thinking about, like, I miss my absentee father, I wish I could have run around <laughs> with him as a little kid. And it, it, it was more innocent than that. And I feel that for Bucky, too. Yeah, I, I, I've said that on other shows. Like, when I was a little kid, I, I would go over to my next-door neighbor's house who were, like, 70-year-olds and just hang out with them. Yeah. And I liked that. And they'd be your sidekick. You're a little boy. Well, like, whatever. now there's something like, what would my parents think? Like, I wouldn't tell them I was going over to an old person's house and hanging yeah. out. Yeah, that's innocence is lost. Yeah, man. exactly. So explain why you don't have your shirt on today, though. It doesn't have to explain why I don't have my shirt on. It's hot. <laughs> That origin of his would get retcon later on. That it was that was a lie told to you know in the propaganda of Captain America. That instead, Bucky was a an army brat who lived on the base, age sixteen, and was the best natural fighter they'd ever seen. Like one of the most skilled human beings in the world at just sixteen. And they said, you know what? No serum. And and no no serum. He's just a kid in great shape. And they just said, well. You know, we've got this kid who has no parents, and he's he already wants to be around Captain America. He's been in the army all his life. He's a trained kid. Like, have him go with you, Cap. Like, and they made him like hardcore as fuck. That he was the guy. Like, oh yeah, Bucky's the little guy who sneaks in and cuts the throat of the guards in front of the Nazi base. Like, some heavy stuff that would happen in those books, as Ed Brubaker would have it. But back at the time. He appeared in just about every Cap adventure in the 40s during wartime. And also would team up with other sidekicks like Toro, the uh, smaller fire boy. The human uh, Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> the human torch boy. Yeah, and he right. was, But he didn't survive. You haven't heard much about Toro. Like, Toro has a very limited... No, but I, was, I forget what I was reading, but that triumvirate of, like, Namor, human torch... Zero, point zero mm-hmm. and Cap fighting in World War Two. Yeah, they were the core of it. They were there were other goofs around them like Miss America and the uh, Scarlet Danger or whatever. I made up that last one, but uh, but yeah, him and uh, Bucky and Toro even teamed up in the group The Young Allies, which was their kids' book that they would uh, that Jack Kirby began as well before he left to go into the service, and uh, and that was when uh, Bucky's early friends were. Tubby, his friend Tubby, and <clears throat> Whitewash Jones, who, Gee. let me just tell you, don't Google search him at your job, <laughs> everybody, but, uh, well, Chris, 
uh, as Leonard Maltin would say at the time, it wasn't right then and it's not right now, mm-hmm. but at the time, ethnic-based humor was all the rage in the 40s. Yes. So he hangs out with a character, Whitewash Jones, who... Is that his real name? That Well, it's you... his nickname, but that was the character's name in the book. They his character's him, name is Whitewash Jones. And he was uh, quite an extreme caricature of, of a black uh, person, okay. like who was uh, very scared of ghosts, loved fried chicken and watermelons. <laughs> And uh, and had inhuman lips and all these things. Like, it's uh, for some reason inextricably tied to patriotism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they actually in a recent years they tried to rewrite that as they didn't want him to lose his history, but they so they had the character whitewash as one of his friends in a current comic. Mm-hmm. But he just says, like, oh, God, do you see how they draw me in our books? It's horrible. Like, this is some racist shit, man. Like, at least. They cop to it, but I just don't think they can make Whitewash Jones work. But uh, So anyway, when Cap- superheroes kind of fell out of fashion after the war... Oh my and- god, yes, don't Google that. Oh my <laughs> yes. god. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then in... Yeah, and so in 48, Bucky kind of went to the background. Then there was even the, uh, the Seduction of the Innocents and the Comics Code Authority installation, all that. They pretty much killed Marvel's comic uh, super business. Mm-hmm. They were still doing romance books but barely getting by. Mm-hmm. Superman and Batman were like the only superheroes to really survive that the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Bucky just disappears. So they briefly so bring... he didn't die in the in No. The no, that. Uh, but they would briefly bring him back for like commie smasher Cap. Like mm. Cap comes back, he's like, I hate communists. They're everywhere. Ah! And that almost, I that ended up feeling like too right wing for mm. for Marvel that they would in the '60s rewrite it with like, oh no, that wasn't Steve Rogers. That was a guy they brainwashed into thinking was Steve Rogers. And it was a McCarthyist dude who did it, who told him, like, commies are everywhere, get him. Like, yeah, commies, commies. Mm. And so that wasn't Bucky either. So, Captain America's superpower is naming names. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Bucky just kind of vanished as did Cap. And obviously when Fantastic Four 1 came out in 61, mm-hmm. they were planning it to be related in any way. Like, the Marvel Universe wasn't a thing then. Yeah. It, it took a couple years for Stan Lee, really, as the architect of Marvel to see it as its own interlocking world. And in 64, they made the big choice of, you know what? Those 40s characters we made, Mm -hmm. they count. We're going to bring back Namor in Fantastic Four, and we're going to bring back Captain America. In August 1964, Avengers number four, Cap is brought out of the ice, and everybody just says... Oh, I remember Bucky and Cap disappeared or something after the war. Nobody this, this heard of them. This is where the ice origin comes this from. This is the it ice origin. The 60s. And his first words when coming out of the ice is like, Bucky, no! Yes. <laughs> and it's it's a cute thing. And he's it's in Avengers 56 when he finally remembers what happened and why why there's no Bucky. And so, uh, written by Roy Thomas without with art by John Buscema, the death of Bucky is revealed via flashback, which is that it's the end of the war, Cap and Bucky have gone to the castle of Baron Von Zemo, and they are captured, and Baron Zemo is about to test out his V-2 rocket to blow up America. And so the two of them get trapped on the rocket, and it's flying to America. Cap falls off while Bucky is still attached to it. Kaboom! Bucky explodes, and Cap lands in a bunch of ice and gets frozen until he's found by Namor. Because that's how that works. Yeah, of course. That's exactly (laughs) what would happen when you explode. And... Well, this that, ice just—I don't, I don't even—I can't—I can't imagine him chunking up it. to his serum like it. Maybe, you know, maybe. he's he's superhumanly. In, yeah, in, nobody else in that block of ice would have survived. Yeah. Battle ten tons of hypothermia. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, there was... There were on and off attempts to make a new Bucky, like the loser character of Rick Jones, who was just like their, the dumb teenage kid they had to hang around them. He briefly became Bucky. There Revelation were a couple of whitewash? Uh, no, no. Anyway, no, they, they never really stuck. And people even said that it was because Stan Lee just didn't like sidekicks. His big point with Spider-Man was this was a guy who'd be a, star, a sidekick at, at DC. Mm-hmm. He's just a hero. Like, kids should just be want to be the hero they're reading as a teenager, not not some hero in training from some other guy. And so that's pretty much it. Like, there's not it's not to say there's no sidekicks in the Marvel Universe, but they're rare by comparison. I think solitude is part of the modern hero's trope. Yeah. Like, yeah in, in the places where he does find friendship and love, that's where the drama comes from. Yeah, and I think If you're that, automatically assigned somebody to be with you, like, that drama goes away completely. I'd also say thanks to the... Uh, an ambiguously gay duo alerting everybody to the latent homosexuality of of superhero team ups like that to, with sidekicks. Like that... Can't ride an ass without being gay. <laughs> Aquaman did it all the time uh, with Aqualad. Yeah, it was a bit much, uh, but so yeah, there were there was no Bucky, and it even turned into a thing where it was the the rule was. I'm, I'm sure Brett, you heard a version of this like. The only characters that stay dead are Uncle Ben, Jason Todd, and Bucky Barnes. They'll yeah. never come back. Yeah. Never. I think they've all come back. Uh, not Uncle... Well, Uncle Ben, not really. I no. mean, there was... There's like flashbacks. There's or alternate like, universe. Or like what about the fucking recent uh, Spider... In Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yes, he is there, but there's... Okay, there's still not been... It's There's no 616, 616 Uncle Ben. It doesn't right. exist now. Hannah. Yeah, all right. But there's but no, it, like, that Ben that died that okay. made Spider-Man. Spider-Man has not come back to life. So the one he was talking to in that vault a few issues, like, like last year. That was him from another universe. Another universe. Yeah. A different... Fine. A different Uncle Ben. Not... Yeah. There have been... There was even a time where Spider-Man time-traveled back and Uncle Ben, like, gave him a hug or whatever, which that was, like... As an Amazing Spider-Man 500 by Straczynski. That was a dumbass scene, man. I remember that. Uh, but so, seemed like he'd never come back. All, he was this guy who could have been brought back by all these cap writers. They never did it. For nope. like 50 years, he's Nobody, dead. Yeah, he went for 50 whole years. So, cut to January 05. Ed Brubaker says, nuts to this. Bucky is coming back and I'm going to do it. And so he starts the story. Is that one of those things they announced like months before they... The comic no, so, no, it actually was a huge shot. Like they handled it so well. Yeah. So issue one was such a great, such a great trick because you're with Red Skull the entire time, and you mm-hmm. think, well, this is how they set up the ultimate Red Skull attacking Captain America story. And then at the end of it, a mysterious dude shoots Red Skull in the chest, and he's just fucking yeah. dead, yeah. dead, while holding a cosmic cube. Like he's just shot in the chest, and that. That mysterious guy is the real star of the story, the Winter Soldier. And I remember when it first came out that I was thinking, like, that seems like it could be Bucky. And not only this, but he's having flashbacks to Bucky, which would seem to set up that he's coming back. But they'd never do it. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I, I read it having known what the reveal was going to be. Uh-huh. It's still an excellent storyline for Cap. No, it, it was really good, though. Mm-hmm. I... We're this, talking about Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, the Winter Soldier story is amazing. I mean, they made it into the movie. The, oh, just so the, good. The first six issues, honestly, like the entire 50-issue mm-hmm. run by Brubaker that begins with the the Winter Soldier story is maybe my favorite Cap story ever. Like, yeah, you know, I know maybes about it, it is. Uh, actually, I found this funny clip of comedian John Roy explaining how crazy it was. Right, he did the thing that everyone for generations said you could not do. And in retrospect, it seems, of course... You could have Bucky be back. That was fucking crazy when he did it. <laughs> right? that, it, could, 
it's, it's all commonplace now because we're used to having Bucky as Captain America. But just put yourself back before he pulled that shit off and think of how crazy that was. I mean, you, you almost can't now. You almost have to imagine something else. Like, what Ed Brubaker did with Bucky is the equivalent of if there was a miniseries where we found a deeper level of Hydra than had ever existed in history. And we found that Supreme Hydra, and they unmasked him on the last page of the comic, and it was fucking Uncle Ben. <laughs> what was that from? Uh, that was from, a, they were about to introduce Ed Brubaker at a Meltdown Comics That's event. That's great. So comedian John Roy... That was a problem with our stand-up, I think, Chris. We weren't doing it in comic book stores. We were doing it there. It's actually much easier for me to craft jokes like that, assuming you get these references. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus. Instead of, instead of when we did stand-up of like, well, you all know what Star Wars is, right? Uh, uh, oh, wow. Didn't read the room well. Shouldn't be doing this. This is 10 minutes. It's not going to work. Uh, all right. But anyway, so that whole run had a very 24-grounded kind of feel. Cap was fighting domestic terrorists. Though guys who would also dress up in crossbones outfits, but still terrorists. And uh, and that's where he ran into Winter Soldier. And we find out that Bucky, after exploding, had fought, had only lost his arm. And when he fell in the water, the Russians got him and made him a sleeper agent in the USSR who would be kept in stasis for most of the time. They repaired his arm. They gave him a cyborg arm. They kept him in stasis. And he was a brainwashed super killer for 50 years and he would just be taken out like oh we have a major target we have to take out okay then take him off ice and he'll kill somebody all right he did it and put him back and yeah he was he was a soviet dude and and that would explain why he'd only aged about 10 years despite being you know technically alive Mm -hmm. for 60 at that point now it's 70 i try not to think about the ages of these two yeah it it uh i mean it's only they'll always be tied to world war ii there's no changing that and they even made it so that he had had because black widow is another character who has de-aged and all that and has to be connected to soviet russia Mm -hmm. uh that she even had a in her early training had a brief liaison with the Winter Soldier, which would come back. Uh, but yeah, so they did the impossible. They made Bucky work, and they rewrote history. They rewrote his, his past. They, When they had to make things work that didn't work before, they just completely retconned it. And Brubaker even said in an interview that his big reason for it was, is like, well, I don't want to undo, you know, the death of Bucky that happened in comics. And then when he realized, like, Wait, no, it's a flashback in an Avengers book. There wasn't, it wasn't even the end of a writer's thing of like, now I'm going to kill Bucky in my yeah, big yeah. finale. It's just like, this, it was just a dream it of cats. It was always speculation, technically. Yeah, it was always speculation. Some people, though, thought that he had bred, you remember he had the cosmic cube in it, and that's my immediate thing of like, mm. wait a minute, this feels like you've already built the escape hatch here in uh, case you're like, yeah. oh, the cosmic cube created Bucky and he's still dead. And, mm. but, Though Brubaker said that was never his intention, and I think it is too late to go back now. Yeah. But I did think once you have a cosmic cube in the room, like <laughs> anything can be retcon. That's just like your your flag that says this this could go away if if the response was negative, and I bet it would have at that point. That cosmic cube, Cap uses it to make Bucky remember, and so then Bucky is left as this embattled dude of like, well, I'm not the guy who killed all those people, but I did do it. And I feel all this guilt, and I can't be with Cap anymore, even though he's my best friend. And then he gets shaken out of that with uh, the death of Captain America. So after Civil War in the comics, Cap is killed in a very, like, this is a whole other conversation. Where, But let's just say Captain America is dead. 
mm-hmm. and he is he is killed by the Red Skull. And for like ten months, there is no Captain America mm-hmm. until uh, the issue number thirty four in March two thousand eight. Bucky officially takes back the shield. And he gets a whole new costume designed by Alex Ross, which I think was pretty cool, which had, you know, like a metallic bulletproof top and then just a black bottom. So he was still a more stealthy cap. And he's a cap who carries guns, though he shoots to wound. He makes mm-hmm. sure to say that, like, oh, no, I'm just shooting your kneecaps out. Well, I hope they don't bleed to death, Bucky. Fucking like, transporter logic. I know. know. It's like, hey, I'm just shooting people to wound. Like, that's not how guns work. Like, even if you're the greatest... I, I really did like his Alex Ross design. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And... I would have been cool if he had stuck around for a while. He didn't, but but for a couple of years, like he was in a relationship with Black Widow. It was a while. We had it was a few Cap. years. It was a few years. I mean, they, yeah. he, even like Cap came back, right? And then yeah, so he he begins a relationship with Black Widow, moves mm-hmm. into Cap's old apartment, or I think no, he gets his own place, been in New York with Black Widow, where he trains. He fights a lot of old Cap villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fights a bunch of racists, which is what Captain America does a lot of the time. No matter who is Captain America, they fight racists a lot. And then he even took on Steve's role in the New Avengers. I actually really liked him in Bendis' New Avengers run. And, he, but I just liked that he was there on the New Avengers with two caps. With a, yeah. With OG Cap. How did that work out? So when Cap comes back to life through very intricate means... Mm-hmm. Uh, he a comes, writer's retreat? He comes back, but he says, I'm not going to be Cap anymore. I still want it to be you, Bucky. I, You've been doing so well with it, yeah. and you need this. He was just like Steve Rogers in a black suit for yeah, a bit. Yeah, he was Steve Rogers mm-hmm. in a black turtleneck. Mm-hmm. And, but then Dark Reign, at the end of Dark Reign, there was a siege storyline where Cap put back on his costume briefly to reunite everybody who had been split up by Civil War. They take down them, but Cap still says, no, you should be Captain America still uh, Winter Soldier, and instead, I'm going to lead S.H.I.E.L.D., though that only lasts for a year. So then in a year, there is the Fear Itself storyline. Oh, though right before that, Bucky gets tried for his crimes as Winter Soldier, and so it's like Captain America on trial, and then he gets sent to a Russian gulag for, like, a few issues. And then he gets free just in time to come back to America for the Fear Itself storyline, where he is killed by the daughter of Red Skull. She stabs him in the chest with a with a spike and like and it was the major death of Fear Itself, which they then undid like three months after it happened. And it turned out that Nick Fury just pretended that Bucky was dead because he knew it would inspire Steve Rogers to be Captain America again. So Captain he picks back up the shield. He is only Captain America, though Bucky was basically dead, and when they revive him with magic, the Infinity Serum, he takes some of the last of Nick Fury's Infinity Serum. Mm-hmm. That brings him back to life, And but then he's like, well, you're dead, and everybody thinks you're dead, and you can't be Captain America anymore, so you're going to go deep cover again. You're the Winter Soldier, but this time you work for S.H.I.E.L.D. And so him and Black Widow have some fun Winter Soldier adventures. Ed Brubaker writes briefly. He, he'd been like the only guy like Bucky was his baby man he had made he had made the Winter Soldier work it was all him but uh, but the Winter Soldier book under Brubaker doesn't last too long there's even a sad bit where at the end of it they kind of they give Black Widow selective amnesia that she only forgets her relationship with Bucky just so like she doesn't have that baggage with her so it was a strange choice to be like nah you just you never were together with her and then that thing cuts to the uh, 
Original Sin book where Winter Soldier is at odds with Nick Fury now and him and Nick Fury aren't buddies. He even kills some of Nick Fury's life model decoys. But by the end, when Nick Fury becomes the new Watcher, when he replaces Watu the Watcher, he Nick Fury is replaced as the protector of Earth from aliens yes, by the Winter the Soldier. He's the man on the, the, man wall. the wall. And you were saying you've read some of that, Chris, and it's pretty Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty nuts. pretty out there. But like I, that was... I, 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 I never finished it, but I do, I do remember the, the handing those... That that original sin invented that role for Nick Fury. That, yeah. like, what has he been doing this whole time? Oh, he's been watched. The reason why we ha- you haven't dealt with a galactic threat within the Earth's atmosphere is because <laughs> I see to it first. I shoot them all in the head before they show the up. The wall is around the world, and the reason the world isn't in utter chaos all the time is allegedly because of Nick Fury and his life model decoys living up in space. And basically, Buck- Bucky takes that over, and it is... It is really out there. The art style is pretty great. Man, um, I need I, to check I, this out. I, 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 my memories of it are a little vague right now, but uh, I never finished it because, uh, you know, life happened. Marvel now is just more into him being like the Winter Soldier. He's a killer spy who does everything. I am yeah. too. He shouldn't be. He was Cap for way too long. I liked his time as Cap. I, it almost tricked me into thinking they weren't going to bring back Steve, even though I should have known he was coming mm-hmm. back. But. Brett, do you prefer Winter Soldier? Oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's what's to prefer about Bucky? I guess I'm not uh, Bucky, but no, just I him mean, as like Cap. Uh, as Cap. Just like I mean, it was a good, it was fun sidestep to have him there for a while, but yeah. I like him better. Captain than America does not need Bucky Barnes' Winter Soldier's backstory yeah. in order yeah. to be a compelling character. I also do like that the Winter Soldier costume lets him keep the domino mask mm-hmm. that he wears yeah. as Bucky. Like, I really do like that. Uh, so as far as live action and animation goes, he hadn't appeared in much because the Winter Soldier didn't exist until 2005. And so uh, there were some flashbacks like in the classic Captain America cartoon from the 60s. They did a couple of World War II episodes and Bucky did appear in those. But otherwise, uh, he's he's only been in a couple of cartoons uh, recently and in flashbacks and, and also in like recent Marvel games like Marvel Heroes I believe I don't believe he's even now he didn't even exist in time to be in the Ultimate Alliance games but most importantly he is played by Sebastian Stan in the Captain America film so it was pretty clear to me in the first Cap film like when they introduced that Bucky the Bucky they were making was the one who could be Winter Soldier like he was a guy who was the same age as Steve and grew up together and their friendship was established very early on, which would be important since that would be the point of all three I of the just, films. I remember my mind being kind of blown when they announced Captain America Winter Soldier because I wasn't positive that they were going to go down this road. Yeah, yeah. But it, I watched First Avengers again and like, it looks like they leave it open. Like, they're not pursuing the Winter Soldier storyline in First yeah, Avengers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Bucky dies or whatever in the First Avenger, but he just, like, in the way that, oh, is, there's no body. He, we could I bring just, him back if we want to or not. I thought it would have taken, like, ten movies to get to that. Yeah. It was the second. That is the second one, but it was their best movie. I mean, I love that movie so much mm-hmm. because it is, it is an awesome action movie for Captain America. It is a 70s, like, Watergate-style political thriller. And then also, then, whenever the Winter Soldier shows up, it's the fucking Terminator. Like, he's the unstoppable force hunting people down. And it's all great. And And in the end, the last fight scene is great. Yes. And in perfect cap. Like, I'm not going to fight you anymore. And now in Civil War, it looks Mm -hmm. like he is going... He is the center of the Civil War that causes Mm -hmm. the rift between them. And that he's going to team up with Cap to, to fight Iron Man. And... I don't know, guys. I would not be surprised if Sebastian Stan ends up uh, repeating Bucky's 
trip from the comics and becoming Captain America as mm. well. I would not be surprised. That is a super spotlight for Winter Soldier. Select your hero. Some quick news notes now, guys. Uh, so, Brett, you were the one who brought this to my attention. I feel like I'm just getting uh, trolled by Zack Snyder at this point. That every new reveal of, like, oh, the background was another horrible thing in Batman <laughs> versus Superman. Or another thing I would disagree with. First, there was a reveal that Jimmy Olsen was a guy shot in the face at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Which was something my mom was sad to hear about when I told yeah. her that. And I, I, if you didn't hear bonus time, which you should, it's a bonus podcast we do on patreon.com slash laser time. I was talking about, mm-hmm. I was I fell in love with Teen Titans over the weekend. I was pretty sure I was in love with Teen Titans Go, fell officially in love with it. And I'm watching it, and it's great. It's it's hilarious. Cyborg is hilarious. Robin is hilarious. Beast Boy is hilarious. The two women who I don't know are hilarious. Uh, you mean Starfire. Starfire um, and Raven. Yes. yes, I do know them. Uh, they, just, they, they don't get as much time to shine in, uh. in the show at all. Uh, but it's, the show's hilarious, and I'm like, man, I wonder if, I wonder if, man, I wonder if kids are be, being exposed to Robin this way for the first time. I can't wait for them to see them on the big screen. Zack Snyder killed them already. Yeah. He already killed Robin. Well, Robin is, is dead, already dead. But in, I didn't notice. I thought that was just him holding his classic. It is quarter a current staff. running cartoon character who Zack Snyder killed. Yeah. <laughs> but he's. I thought it was him holding his quarter staff, but it's revealed like, oh no, it's. It's like a medieval axe. Like, it's like it a is, halberd or something. It's a halberd. And there's no way for him not, like, how can he use that and not kill people? Like, I, there's, I don't know. It, uh, he could use it in training. It's all in the back cave. Guess. It's it's ridiculous that that's his thing. It's just another thing. I'm like, oh, a quarterstaff, that's boring. That's like Donatello, man. Put some knives on that thing. Robin sucks. I'm in control of this universe now. <laughs> I get to do whatever I want, man. I heard a comedian say, like, the bullies are in charge now of DC. It's like that. <laughs> But in uh, other news, Willem Dafoe has been cast in a secret role in the Justice League movie. He's going to be in both parts, making him the second Sam Raimi Spider-Man actor to be cast in this, the film. Brainiac. Jake, Brainiac. You think he's... Ooh, he does look The like voice Brainiac. of Brainiac. Hmm. They say he's a good guy. They say uh, he's, okay, he's going to well, be a good guy, who will be in both films. It's good that Brainiac was there to create that evil. Some, <laughs> some people think he's going to be playing Flash's dad. I saw that prediction. Uh, too creepy. And, spe- and on the other side of that, uncast from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 are Benicio Del Toro and Ru- John C. Riley. Neither will be back. Really? So we won't be seeing John C. Riley kiss his red I wife anymore. Man, yeah. uh, the Nova Force was supposed to be more of this. Save them. To your health. Uh, John Favreau, though, is back as executive producer on Infinity War. That's made official. So assumed that was in his contract. Yeah, but I think he's having a more active role, perhaps, because this will be the first they've made without Joss Whedon, who was also in the news this week of just saying that he he's half apologized for being so down on uh, Ultra Avengers Ultron in the press yes. for it because he's he was he's just correct to say that I shit all over yeah. the movie when it was. Hadn't even come out yet. Like, yeah. what a shitty thing to do. Like, Josh, you're you're a big man for saying this. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make it not true. No, <laughs> not true. But he, I guess he was dream more. Dream sequence is stupid. <laughs> I guess he was more so just saying like I was a bad I was a bad PR person in that time for my movie. Samuel L. Jackson says that he wish uh, he's not a fan of Foggy Nelson. He wishes a red wedding what? upon him. What? Uh, Foggy. Sam, when is Sam Jackson going to meet Foggy Nelson? Uh, Sam Jackson from his Twitter account was like, I finally watched Daredevil. Uh, great show. Daredevil season two. Great show. I wouldn't mind if Foggy got red wedding, though. Yeah, Sam. It's like, damn, that's not, that's some harsh shit, Sam. Yeah. I, I like Foggy. Yeah. I, is he the find him? 
annoying. No, I think it's just that's one of those things that might reveal to you how old Samuel L. Jackson is, which yeah. no one seems to have any idea. It's appro- <laughs> it's got to be approaching his seventies, but I imagine that kind of pipsqueak millennial would bother <laughs> Sam Jackson. It would bother my grandfather. I could see that. Yeah. Oh, and then lastly in the news, guys, I have not read it yet, but I'm going to be purchasing it very soon. Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin, they did the wonderful Private Eye book last year and also currently doing the Alien book, and it's where they write and draw a comic and then just sell it for whatever you want to pay on Panel Syndicate. Well, they made a deal with Image that if Image got to publish the physical copy of Private Eye, they'd get to do a Walking Dead comic. In continuity, Walking Dead comic. And it has been released today. It is called Walking Dead: The Alien, and uh, it is like they said. It is wow. in. It is showing a part of the Walking that. Dead universe you haven't seen before. Huh. But they said that. Uh, I mean, it's it's Robert Kirkman's right to say it's no longer continuity. But as of right now, it is an in canon story. So. You've seen so many limited corners of that world. Like, there's plenty of it to explore. Yeah, we've seen like Atlanta and more of. Georgia. And I would not be interested to see it, nor watch Fear the Walking Dead. But Certainly not with the pedigree of these guys. I'll fucking hell yeah, yeah. I'll check that out. And you could pay ten cents for it if that's what you felt. Like. But, well, because it's a panel syndicate. It's pay what you feel. It's the same. It's the Radiohead model. They're do- and they're doing it. I know. I sound eight million years old. Like yeah. it's like Radiohead did recently within Rainbow. With the nine inch nails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, check that out. Panel Syndicate. All right. So that's all the news for this week. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, your questions for me, my question for you, and a little bit of what we've been reading. The unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. Chris, racist Hulk Hogan, Antista. Cool. Did you hear that clip? They, the audio is out there, man. Did not hear it. I, it like, up. as a podcast editor, it offends me. It's How horrible audio. it is. I can't hear anything. I can't Some, barely hear the N-word. I mean, it's almost inaudible. Somebody with their phone recorded the playback of it, it sounds like, and then just also silences mm-hmm. every four seconds because he says a specific name, and they're like, ah, we don't want people to know this name. And so once he says, like, if they're going to do a rich, eh, like, that's loud and clear. Should have been our yeah. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Cheap Popcast on the Laser Time Network and on iTunes and on the Internet every Friday morning. Hi everyone, welcome to the Cape Crisis Break, and I want to start off by saying that this, like every Laser Time podcast, is brought to you by Patreon.com slash LazerTime. You know, I don't know if I've said this enough, but that is the easiest way to directly support Laser Time every month. If you like what we're doing, if you like that we do this as our full-time jobs and want us to keep doing it, please, please, please support us through Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Also, if you'd like to help us out uh, by buying things through Amazon, every time you're about to buy something from Amazon, 
First, go to lasertimepodcast.com. On the right side of the screen, you'll see a bunch of links to stuff on Amazon. You don't have to buy what we suggest, but buy anything through those links. And a little bit of money gets sent back our way at no extra cost to you. The same great Amazon price, and you're helping out Laser Time. Uh, and, of course, if you have not reviewed this or subscribed to it on iTunes, that always helps us as well. Uh, now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. You know, I talked about it some in the second segment about the electric blue Superman, but he is featured in one of my all-time favorite DC books, Grant Morrison's run on the Justice League with Howard Porter as the lead artist. It was such an amazing, amazing crazy fun superhero book at a time when DC books weren't as into the zany action adventure that Grant Morrison brought to all of his comics. You can check that out. Uh, The collection of the first uh, 14 or so issues is very worth checking out. It has, issue 3 has one of the coolest Batman moments ever. And I mean ever. It is so great. Uh, So buy that through the link on this week's episode page. You'll find it there at lasertimepodcast.com, where you'll also find so many great articles that we do daily, including I did a seven reasons the DC television shows are better than the Batman vs. Superman film universe, and much, much more. All right, thanks for listening again. Let me just say one more time, patreon.com slash lasertime if you're not yet a supporter. And now back to the rest of the show. Hey, welcome back to the second segment, everybody. And uh, I had to say, not much has been read this week by any of us. It has been a busy, busy time, though. I will say, I uh, I did enjoy, uh, well, I mentioned it last week, but Paper Girls is out. I really enjoyed that. Second part of uh, Howard the Duck and Squirrel Girl crossover came out. I was a fan of that. And I've been meaning to start reading the, um, like, they're doing a mini crossover of all, the, all three of these Spider Women books. Mm. Silk. Spider Woman and uh, Spider Gwen. Mm. I like all those books uh, separately, so I think I will give it a read. But uh, by the way, Brett, some uh, some nice person shared with us the link to like the story of the question, the yes, Silver the Surfer answer. book. The answer. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, I think it was. I was shocked by. It. I was like, oh, but then I saw it was in we Epic. Talked, we talked about it in bonus time, I guess. Is oh, we did. We, yeah, we didn't yeah. even talk about it on here. Yeah. Well, I, we, there's well, too many podcasts. Well, that's our Patreon only podcast, everybody. Yes. So uh, if you're not a patron, check it out. But Cr- Brett talked briefly about a like slightly painted uh, kind of prestige short story of Silver Surfer. Uh, in an existential crisis and Galactus telling him there is no answer. There's yeah. nothing. And, and it uh, leveled me, frankly. <laughs> uh, and and so, yeah, I had never even heard of it before. And seeing that it was an epic illustrated, like that was a, um, uh, how would you put it? Like that was their adults. So that was their version of Vertigo at the time. Sure. That's where they published Akira. Huh? Except Akira was colorized because they're like, nobody in America is going to like These Akira. These are going to read a black and white funny book yeah no way i mean they didn't censor it all that much i don't think they just colorized it but but chris you haven't read anything either nope i felt bad for the c-3po book that mm-hmm. nobody read that comic i saw way more posts on on websites of like hey yeah. so how to get his red arm here's the answer like no read it read a fucking comic book and find I'm that i'm telling out, you that 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 journey that that 
31 page comic goes on is well worth the trip and just being told what it is kind of takes the meaning out of it yeah uh i know it's the case for probably every spoiler but like it's it's really neat like it's much better than again i well i i'm so against the idea of c3po having his own solo anything (laughs) i I don't think i'll read issue two yeah because i'm too terrified of what that might contain i was very surprised by how good it was i also speaking of 3po i saw our friend of the show chris baker he tweeted out this thing i never seen i never seen it before it was a cover from the Marvel Star Wars book, like mm-hmm. Star Wars, let's say 60, whatever. But the point is, the cover was drawn by Frank Miller. So it is Whoa. Frank Miller drawing a cover, and it's called, uh, it's like Escape from Droid Planet. And it is a C-3PO R2 adventure. Huh. And it's them running from a pack of droids. So like, get a, let's get away from here, though. You see R2-D2's dick? C-3PO can't run at all. Like, and uh, But also, it's one of those things of like, that was, when I've gone back and looked at those Star Wars C-3PO books. C-3PO runs like like I do when I've just sharded <laughs> and I want to get to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, Papa. That explains today, then. Yes. Uh, okay. But it, it has that problem that all those early Star Wars things had when they had no defined world. When they were making the comic books in like 79, they're just like, okay, so we have these characters from the movie. Just, you know, draw whatever. I don't yeah. care. Like, it's a robot. Just draw a robot. <laughs> this space person can be a green rabbit. Who cares? <laughs> uh, well, let's get into the Ask Hanks section of our community involvement here. Uh, there were a couple ones. Where can they uh, if you, where can they pose these questions? Oh, yes. If you want to pose the questions for next week's episode, do it in the comments on this week's episode, which you will find on lasertimepodcast.com. And I'll read them just like Andrew's here. Uh, which was that Andrew was having trouble getting into early um, Amazing Spider-Man comics. They kept hearing about how... how early? Well, the beginning. Like, of course you they, are. They kept hearing about how great the Steve Ditko Stanley run is. and they were. Ha- but then when they read, they're like, this makes no sense. And yeah, they, they're 50 plus years old. Yeah, like, try and find something. I'll also prescribe you an episode of My Three Sons and a yeah. John Wayne movie. <laughs> and you won't be able to get to that either. I mean, so I think from a distance you can say, oh, Stan, is- Stan Lee did a great job of keeping everything together. But as a dialogue writer, his dialogue is like eight, like 10 times the words every scene it's just, needs. It's crazy to me that these heroes have, these characters have lived so long that like... Mm-hmm. If I told you Better Call Saul was awesome, you're like, well, I have to watch it from the beginning or maybe Breaking Bad. And like, I'd be like, okay, go ahead and do that. They don't stretch yeah. back to like multiple decades yeah, where, media, where entertainment was completely different. Yeah, I will. I mean, they're worth reading just because uh, they're worth at least flipping through Dude. because they do set the foundation for every Spider-Man book that would come after it. Like, I just remember buying a book of Marvel number ones back in the day and trying to read it. I'm like, this is impenetrable. <laughs> I mean, well, compared to a Superman comic from 1952, mm. I bet you'll have an easier time mm. with Spider. That's true. But that's true. I, I like they were way ahead of their time then. You don't need to have read those to enjoy Spider Man. There's probably no, other places no. you can start. But if you, but if you're really looking for ones from one to one hundred mm. that are worth reading, mm. I would say at the very least the um, there is. Annual number one is the first Sinister Six, mm. and it is just a bonanza of great Steve Ditko art because he fights his top six villains who he fought up to that point, and each of them ends with a full splash page, like poster of Spider-Man punching Electro, Spider-Man fighting Doctor Octopus. It's mm-hmm. it is you know it is like Spider-Man the movie. It was their mm-hmm. first like feature length adventure you'd call it. And so I'd say Spider-Man Annual number one is a lot of fun. I think also I forget which annual it is two or three, but. 
Ditko also did one where he teamed up with Doctor Strange. That's a really good one. This would still be in the 60s, though, right? Oh, this is all from 1 to 100. Yeah, oh, okay. this is all the first stuff. And same with, I'd say, John Romita's run. Spider-Man No More is a nice little story. I also like his Spider-Slayer story, uh, which are in, like, the 70s. And there's one where he loses his memory and teams up with Kazar. Mm. And, then when, and they fight in Central Park. And then... Dr. Octopus catches Spider-Man and Dr. Ock has this great plan of like, oh, he doesn't remember anything? Uh, yeah. We work together, Spider-Man. Help me steal things. I won't take your mask off <coughs> and find out who you are. Well, he actually, they do think of that, Brett. See, Dr. Ock tells him, well, and we're such great friends. Just relax. Take your mask off. Let's hang out. And Spider-Man says, wait a minute. I don't know if I trust you just yet. Mm. I don't know what my face looks like either, but I'm keeping this mask on for mm. now. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'd say all of those are fun little books, but none of them are great. I feel like, like even if he lost his memory but still mm-hmm. had his powers, mm-hmm. his spider sense would override that and tell him that something's true. not right. But maybe he doesn't know that buzzing means uh, uh, a problem. I'm, but I'm I feel like sure. that's got to be an instinctual thing. Like, yeah, I don't want to poke so. holes in this fifty-year-old story. But <laughs> uh, also, uh, another person asked a question. Uh, Ivana crap my pants. Ask. <laughs> What's the deal with Electric Superman? Uh, well, the deal with Electric Superman, in case you didn't, uh, in case you don't re- recall, in the mid '90s, in the in the mid '90s, they were chasing the bug of a new Superman event. They did the death of Superman. They did the return of Superman. They did the wedding of Superman. What do we do next? <laughs> and so they decided they'd go even crazier for the first time, really ever. Superman's suit would completely change. He would have a full body electric blue, and he would also be a being made of electricity mm-hmm. and not and not Superman. And he would just have electric powers. Basically, it was like if you watch the Supergirl TV show Livewire, who right. could just live in electricity. It was a crazy story, and it was just an attempt. Like they were just trying to grab more lightning uh, in a bottle. <laughs> lightning in a bottle. Yes, it was. It was just them chasing the dragon again of notoriety, getting in the news. It was interesting from a story standpoint because Superman. Well, one when he was Clark Kent, it was just him phase shifting into a, a human body. So mm-hmm. he was now Clark Kent, the human, and mm-hmm. he could get paper cuts. And writing a front page news story took real time. He couldn't do it uh. in two seconds. And so it it was an interesting thing for his character development, I would say. And he had just gotten married to Lois as well, and he had lost his powers. And uh, I think the only other thing... Or no, wait, actually, this happens right before the wedding. But the only other thing I remember about it was that... So, the Grant Morrison's JLA, one of my favorite books ever uh, of DC, he's starting the book. And when he's two issues in, Superman gets electric powers. And he's just told, like, well, this is issue five. He has to start looking like he does in the comics, so he's got electric powers. Grant Morrison says, okay, can you explain them to me? (laughs) We're figuring it out for ourselves as well. What? (laughs) And so, though Grant Morrison ended up doing the best use of Electric Superman of anybody because he had this plot where the moon was going to be pushed into the earth. Mm-hmm. And Superman pushes it back with his super strength. Only now he's electric. He doesn't have super strength. Mm-hmm. So Grant Morrison makes up that Superman plants iron rods into the moon Ugh. and electrifies them to make them magnetic, thus creating an opposite magnetic charge to Earth's and pushing away from it. Right. 
Now that does, now don't think about that for more than five <laughs> seconds because I bet the science doesn't work. But the point is that was Graham Morrison. If it doesn't he can just turn the world backwards in time? Will <laughs> go back in time? Graham Morrison was given like lemons and just like yeah. fine. I'll make a dumb, ridiculous thing that's better than what you're doing in that in those books. He also this was the first time he was as fast as the Flash because he mm. was as he was light, like mm-hmm. he was as fast mm-hmm. as light, uh, and then. Then he splits off into two Superman and becomes Superman Red and Blue. A yeah, I to... forget how I accidentally Googled that the other day while making something for yeah. Superman. And I ended up, what's Red and Blue Superman? Jesus Christ. And that was a reference to a Silver Age Superman story where he had split into two of Red and Blue. But now he was Red Electricity and Blue Electricity. Blue Electricity was nice. Red Electricity was mean. And then it basically <laughs> ends with a deus ex machina where the god of the universe just says, Oh, Superman, you just saved the Earth. You should have your body back. Bloop, and then and then done, just like that. So that's the deal with Electric Superman. Uh, Let's get in the question of the week Mm -hmm. bit here. Uh, The replies from last week. Triscuitable said to the question of characters you don't think could ever work in their own comic book. Triscuitable, they said, no idea what made George Lucas think it would be a good idea, but there is no way in hell that there will ever be a good Star Wars story that exclusively focuses on Ewoks. Fuck you, mm. Wicket. You suck with your creepy, beady eyes. It feels like that happened, and I probably would have been fine with it at the mm. time it was happening. I mean, I can't say I... I didn't I, notice I, the hatred of Ewoks until yeah. Clerks. Like, I mean, to me, it was just something my friends and I grew yeah. up playing with. I had Ewok toys, and I liked Wicket as a little kid, but I guess, yeah, I learned that it wasn't cool to like yeah. them. But I'm not... Now I'm just not into Wicket. Uh, I'm not into Ewoks, so I do like when hearing him say, like, Yitcha! You Yitcha! All those noises are great. Movie Brat says, oh, that's easy. Combo Man, the uh-huh. Marvel ad character. When In the mid-90s, they had combo <laughs> yeah. ads in there, and Combo Man was made out of like a line of like six inches of each superhero going down his body. Mm. And, uh, oh, man, now I, I should have looked that up. Which one's the dick, man? But uh, <laughs> Which six inches are the dick? Uh, but, uh, but anyway... Movie Brat says, "Yeah, I love, I, I love you, Combo Man, but you can do so many wrong things, and many things you can do right. I shouldn't have to explain, but I will never take Combo Man seriously, specific, uh, especially if uh, you not only look at the design, but know that his origin is product placement. He only exists because of a snack, man. All right, well, looking at that, I don't know, Thor. That looks like Thor's britches. Well, would it match Maybe. up with the glove too?" No, Spider-Man is are the oh, gloves. Oh, Spider-Man's the gloves. Man. Luke Cage are the upper two abs. Well, it's also really hard because that's their mid-90s costumes, which yeah. were mostly off. So, yeah. all right. Well, more research needs to be done into this then. I'll have answers next time, guys. John Hizzle says, anything Dynamite publishes that involves Solar, Man of the Atom, or any of the other gold key titles. I just feel like they relaunch this, those characters every two years. Give it up, guys. It's not happening. <laughs> the Lone Ranger. My grandfather loved it. I know. Just all those 90 characters. The closest they were to popular was in the early 90s, and even then they weren't that popular. About 37 Pygmy Giraffe says, I know they have plenty of good stories with them, but the entire Legion of Superheroes have never been able to shake off the 60s hokiness that has followed them since their creation. Not only is their backstory almost completely impenetrable, but also their names like Lightning Lass and Bouncing Boy is impossible to take seriously. Well, they're just from a different time, and there's there's no way to make them cool. And the thing that always pushed me away from Le- Legion of Superheroes 
is that there's like 800 of them. It's impossible to keep track of all of them. If you follow Superboy to there, you're like, oh, Superboy's cool. Uh, I like him. And then you surround him with dweebs. But Leagues of Superheroes is famous for having a early dedicated gay following long before there were internets to coalesce a gay following around. Uh, and hey, buddy, you gotta slow your car down and let me in. Oh, right. The guy who does it in the way that Homer says it very fast in King Size Homer. Hey, buddy, you gotta slow down your car. Let me in. Uh, he says... I could never take Craven the Hunter seriously. I mean, come on. Craven the Hunter is great in Silver. I, well, I, I've seen him in recent stuff be great in two ways. One, in the uh, brand new day Spider-Man stuff when the, they resurrected him. The, the Grim Hunt was pretty good. Yeah, and the Grim Hunt, he was like super intense, a real threat to Spider-Man, and that he's like, Spider-Man, you have to kill me so I can be dead again. If you're not going to kill me, then I'll kill you. And Spider-Man's just like, well, I don't kill people, so... We are at an impasse, Craven. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they also introduced him in a humorous way in Squirrel Girl. First Squirrel Girl. In the first Squirrel Girl, he's her enemy, and she even remarks about how, like, wait, is his vest actually the face of a lion? Is that really that he a lion cut up? That's gross. Uh, but then also she tricks him into leaving to hunt down a Leviathan. And then when he cut but he just came back in the most recent issue and introducing his uh, his new vehicle, the Craven. Yes, I did. <laughs> which see is that. a van with Craven on it, which of course has uh, airbrush painting of himself on the side of the Craven. And then uh, the you know Craven's Last Hunt is really good. Of course, yeah. Craven's Last Hunt is a very good old Spider Man book. Well, this week's question of the week, based around the asking from earlier about any good Spider-Man books uh, from that era. Guys, is there any Silver Age book you actually, like, really enjoyed and would d- direct people to read now? Are they all are they all too old and hokey? Silver Age is... Well, it was in the 60s. It. Like, say, 60... Let's say 61 to 69. Yeah, no. Oh, wow. I, I don't think... Era. I mean, I know Brett likes stuff like or that. Or anything from, like, the first hundred issues of any Marvel book that, mm-hmm. stu- that premiered in, in, in the 60s. And you, there's no Marvel, there's no DC Silver Age stuff you'd suggest. I that. think a lot of my major appreciation starts in like 70s Claremont era X Men mm. stuff. Yeah. Those first I 100 issues of a lot of that, it's like, I'd guess, guess I'd still lean towards Spider Man because at least you can see the beginning of so many characters. Mm-hmm. But like but the first the 100 in- Iron Man, who cares? Yeah, the so. internet age, just like. Someone will highlight the panel you need to read from 20 years worth of yeah. Silver Age garbage. That's and the, true. it's weird, the only thing that works, the stuff I did grow up reading, and I, I knew it was like not great, but like comedy stuff, like Casper and Sad Sack. <laughs> and I, like comedy stuff, yeah. like Archie, like you couldn't tell what decade it was. And Archie's it was, written the same no matter yeah, what. It was, it was just it as lame in the current issue. I, I, did, I've, uh, I did enjoy the, the, the initials Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that. Just because it's so weird. Like well, It's still written very old time, but mm-hmm. it's. It, it feels different. You're not reading like an Though old Doctor Strange comic. always talks that way. Yeah. And if, if Doctor Strange didn't talk in that very heightened, ooh, the, well, Doctor Orpheus way, if he didn't talk that way, it'd sound weird. It'd sound weirder, I would think. And yeah, I, I actually really, I was going to suggest the early Doctor Strange comics just because it was Steve Ditko just like going crazy and just drawing, yeah. drawing blacklight posters, which yeah. is crazy because he never took drugs. Like he was one of the most like sober, boring dudes ever who was like a super, super absolutist uh, libertarian dude. He loves Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. <laughs> and so to think that he would create Dr. Strange, this weird book that hippies loved because it felt like they were 
uh, on an acid trip. Uh, the original Fantastic Four stuff, I can't really think. That would have been mine, but Man, yeah. uh, I mean, the Galactus story is pretty great. Like yeah. a lot of the old Fantastic Four stuff for some reason. Well, because Kirby's art is just amazing. Like, actually, you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, I believe it is Fantastic Four 51. 52 is when Black Panther premiered, as mm-hmm. I mentioned last week's episode. But 51 is This Man, This Monster, where mm-hmm. it's a single-issue story where a dude trades bodies with a thing and uh, learns what it's really like to be a monster. It's a really good story. Look it up. Uh, a nice little one issue, and I think it I think it holds up well. So, in the uh, forums for this week on lasertimepodcast.com slash forums in the comic discussion, that's where you can answer this question. I'll read my favorites next week. Uh, then there'll be a link to it on this week's episode page, which you'll find on lasertimepodcast.com. Ooh. Well, guys, do we have any... Tr- plugs for this 420 week of uh, content uh laser time and if you're into i'm surprised no you know superheroes made it into cartoon all-stars to the yeah, rescue yeah, marvel is credited because of muppet babies yeah they worked the on muppet babies but they uh, but if get... you've never seen that drug psa from 1990 it is hysterical it is unbelievable it is a huge bummer and terrible cartoon but all-stars to the, to the rescue, rescue. some yeah. funny gifts in there i do like michelangelo dancing to a singing <laughs> huey of dewey and louie fame uh, wow <laughs> and, uh, when you deconstruct that it makes even less sense uh there's also the talking simpsons podcast where we explore every episode of the simpsons one at a time just did homer defined which with guest star irving magic johnson and then there's also 302010, our weekly look back at what happened in pop culture that very week 30 years ago 20 years ago and 10 years ago uh, I wasn't on last week because I was sick as shit. It was way better, man. It's way uh, better. You should have been there. I'm currently editing it. It's fine. <laughs> Thank no, you, Brad. Well, no, yeah, I'm glad uh, you're feeling better, Brad. No, just, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to look back at like movies, albums, uh-huh. t- what TV shows aired that week. That mm. gif is really irritating. Yeah, me. it's great, right? <laughs> and Tiggers in the background. Tiggers there, too. <laughs> God. Off camera, the Smurfs and the Chipmunks. <laughs> They're all Ow. there. The worst part about it, I, I've watched this a billion times now. It's great that we have a video up on lasertimepodcast.com. Little baby Kermit says, let's get wrecked. He really says that. <laughs> and the most irritating thing is Bugs Bunny's about to speak and Alf puts his hands over his mouth and says, shut up, Doc. I'm mm. like, I hate the idea of like IP people standing behind the scenes, but somebody should have been there like, Alf doesn't, Alf does not shut up, Bugs Bunny. Well, he has <laughs> not earned the right to maybe, do that. Or there could be that Warner said, none of our characters will sing in this song. Oh, that's probably what happened. It could, it could be that. Uh, either way check it out people YouTube youtube.com slash laser time network and of course I would be remiss if I did not mention patreon.com slash laser time it's what pays all of our bills and so please support us there and until next time excelsior excelsior